Welcome back. Happy New Year. We can say that. It's the no. first show of instigating with Clarkie and Drury for 2024. Clarkie, I don't care. Look, we're we're back for the first time. We're back on the airwaves here, and we're very excited. I'm Ryan Drury. That's Clarkie, and we're very pleased to kick off the new year with our good buddy and somebody that we got to break down an awful lot with in Leafland, our friend Jason Brooks, longtime junior hockey coach and executive. Brooksy, how are you, man? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. Uh, doing great and uh, looking forward to chatting some hockey here. Let's just dig right into it. Obviously, the biggest piece of news, William Nylander, he got his bag. Eight years, full no move, no trade, 11.5 mil a year. We've talked about this guy maybe more than any of the other so-called core four next to uh, Clarkie's favorite player, Fancy Pants there. Uh, but this guy's gotten a lot of criticism over the last couple of years. Uh, but in recent times, you know, he's probably been their best playoff performer. And this year, as we record this, he's third in NHL scoring. What was your reaction to this deal, Brooksy? Uh, as a Leaf fan, I was wishing they would have got it done for nine and nine and a half earlier on in the summer than 11 and a half. Um, I only say that because, again, you're in a situation where you've got that core four or five or whatever you want to call it sitting at, you know, roughly what are they at Clarky sitting at 80 million, like, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. So at the end of the day, I mean, good for them for getting him signed. I think he has been a very good piece this year, you know, as you stated, Ryan, but it, it just leaves a lot of questions in my mind, it, you know, what are they going to do moving forward? You know, what are they going to do with Mitch Marner, who's up in a year? You know, does he think he's Austin Matthews territory still? Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, especially when they open the ball like they did for for William. Um, it's 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 very intriguing. Clarky, what were your initial thoughts on it? I'm sure that you had all kinds of emotions swirling around. Yeah, I'm with Brooksy where I wish it was done earlier. But you know what? Willie bet on himself and his dad and his agent, and he performed. And he has been a good playoff performer, which they need, uh, unlike Mitch Marner. And it, it's going to be an interesting year and a half here as we get into – uh, when Mitch can sign as of July 1st, he can do an extension. Are they going to dig their heels in with Mitch Marner? Is he the guy that they're not, they're going to say, you know what, we need that number one D and we're not, uh, we're not going to re-sign Mitch Marner. We'll let him walk. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Tavares as well. If he comes back, he's got to take the home team discount. He has to. He has indicated he wants to retire early. Okay. Then, you know, but why should he? Why should he, Clarky? Why should he take a discount now? He's going to either take a discount, Ryan, or he's not going to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. One or the other. Well, we keep like, saying that about all these guys, and they're all still Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, he's a contract ahead of these guys, though. He's made his due. He is made, you know, like he's what, 30? What will he be when, when his contract's up? 32, 33? 33 heading into 34. Right. So he's made his money. And I, I, all I'm saying is they can't afford to keep them all at where they're at now. They can't. There's no way. There was no way they can do it. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But I'm I I like Willie. He's a good player. Um, 
I know you compare him to other guys around the league and you say he's making too much, but it is what it is. The Leafs have made their own bed. Now they're trying to sleep in it. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess what I'll say about it is just that I'm just confused as to how they're going to, much like what Brooksy said, how they're going to do this moving forward because mm-hmm. all we've yeah. ever seen them do is capitulate and cave to these star players and give them literally whatever they want. Don't love it. Like if there was anybody, because the complaints with Mitch and Austin's contracts were that they were too short. They weren't taking the, the eight years. If there was one of the guys, because Nylander's two years older than some of those guys, if there was a guy that you wanted to take the five or six year deal, it was Nylander. He's going to be 36 when this deal expires. That 11 and a half will not look good. And he has a no move clause. You can't send him anywhere unless he says, yes, I don't know what it is. The Toronto Maple Leafs throughout their history over the last 30 years have had a no move clause disease and it continues. I I think he's playing incredibly well. He's had a hot 38, 39 games. He's played pretty well the last two playoff years. I know the cap's going to go up. I understand that. Call me old school. I look at other guys' numbers around the leagues when all these guys signed their deals, including John Tavares. And I looked and went, how can that guy justify making that much money when this guy that's way better than them makes less? I said it when Marner signed and made more than Kucherov. That's insane to me and looks insane to me this year with Kucherov doing what he's doing. I'll say it with Willie where I I can't believe he makes more than guys like Aho. I can't believe he's up there uh, making slightly more than Pasternak. I understand that the next guys take the bigger chunks. It's just wild to me that this guy is making this much money and their decor is still not good. And so I'm just very confused as to how they're going to make that better over the next couple years because the cap will go up. Projections have it around 90 plus million in two, three seasons. But the reality is the cap is what it is now. So that's two or three more years where they're going to have a very top heavy roster, assuming Marner stays. I don't know, Brooksy. Let's talk a bit about how they're playing right now. After some up and downs to end off 2023, they're right back playing great. They've beaten up on some bad teams, sure, but they're getting the job done at least. What's your impression of how they're playing? I'm mixed on how they're playing still, right? Um, you know, yeah, maybe they beat up there on San Jose and they did well on that Western swing, which was really encouraging. But what have they lost to the bottom teams? Chicago, Columbus. I think before Christmas, it was like nine games they had lost. Mm-hmm six of them or something like that. Like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure. And I think it still comes back to what you're talking about with the defense and the goaltending and um, being top heavy and the depth and everything else. What is this team? What style are they going to play? Are they ever going to buy into the simple play? Or are they always going to have to make it the home run play? Are they built for playoffs? Are they going to be successful in the playoffs both the way they are? Um I just think there's too many question marks about them, you know, and I know I sat here on your show when Babcock got fired and they brought in Sheldon Keith, and I kind of questioned it at the time. And I mean, Sheldon Keith has done nothing but win in the regular season. He's been a very good coach for them in the regular season. I just wonder if he can change the narrative. Yeah. They won a round of playoffs against Tampa, but 
he got out coached by Paul Maurice. He got then you know the team got out gridded by Florida. Um, how many times have we said that in the last number of years that Sheldon keep coaching Montreal, Columbus, right? Like the list goes on. So, so is it his style? Did. Is it his style? Is it the way he's trying to teach these guys? Is it the guys not buying into his system? What do you think it is with him? I think it's a combination. Okay. I think it's a combination. Like the players that they have, like Matthews, Marner, Nylander, like they're high, high, high in skill, which we know. Um, play a lot of risk reward hockey. Um, they're not a structured team. Like again, look at your Stanley Cup champions over the last three, four years. They're built big and strong on the back end. They play dump and chase hockey. They can play finesse if they have to, but they grind it out, they pound it out. Like look what Vegas did. They just physically dominated teams with their size and strength and still had skill to boot. Um Toronto's not built like that, right? How are you going to get out of the Eastern Conference to even have a chance at that if you don't play that style a little bit, right? And again, you listen to the talk shows of different shows, and I I listen to them, and I, I tend to agree, like, you can't flip a switch. You just can't change it and say, yeah, we're going to play like this. We're going to look after the puck. We're going to make good puck decisions. We're going to be defense first and responsible. That's not how they play. And, and mm-hmm. you know, are they entertaining to watch? Sure, they're entertaining. They're very skilled and are fun to watch as a as a fan from that perspective. But I don't see them winning because of it. Does Corey Perry help this team? Yeah, 100% he helped this team in the sense of grit and leadership and, you know, mm-hmm. put the pass behind see what them or whatever happened. But, right, yeah. like at the end of the day, somebody like that would help them. He yeah. definitely fill out some depth for them. Yeah. Um, where he fits, though, I don't know. Yeah. He's the guy I always liked. He's one of my favorite non-Leafs for a long time, and I've always wanted him on the Leafs, but uh, may, you never know. Maybe it'll happen now. No, that's fair. What I'll say about him quickly is that, and we've touched on this before, you know, when the whole controversy around him first emerged while he was still a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. Like the one thing I'll say is everybody that plays with him seems to like him as a teammate and all these Mm -hmm. teams would not continue to sign him. No. If he didn't have a good reputation, right? Like, yeah, he's bounced around the league, but he's been to a couple cup finals here. He has won a cup in his career. Like he wouldn't keep landing places, especially at his age. If, that if he didn't have a good reputation within the room among a bunch of guys, like you're not bringing a guy like that in. But I think that even for the Leafs to be fishing around a guy like that is kind of endemic of the problem here is that like they're so cap crunched, they're so top heavy with these big four. And then you throw Riley in there whose contract actually looks you know, pretty friendly right now, the way he's been playing this year, you you could argue at times he's been their most consistent player next to Nylander this year. I guess when I look at it, like I'm trying, I'm really trying not to be negative because I like Nylander and he scores a lot of points. It's just that it's one of those things where I think he probably does deserve the money. It's just, does he deserve it on the Leafs the way they're built right now? And Everyone's going, oh, the cap's going to go up the cap. That's not going to be significantly up enough for the next couple years. So that's two more years, assuming they continue to fail in the playoffs, which I 100% believe they will because they've given me zero indication ever for eight years that they won't. 
So assuming that, that pushes you two more years down the road. And if they keep Marner too, I sit there and I look at this and I go, yeah, it it's great to have all these high-flying players at big price tags. It's just that what I would equate this to is living in Alaska and buying a Ferrari. And Alaska in this metaphor is the salary cap. The salary cap is a reality. Do all these guys deserve money? Probably more money? Yes. Connor McDavid should probably be making $25 million a year. But the NHL, unfortunately, has this triple hard salary cap. It's a reality for everybody. So it's great that you bought a new Ferrari and you're keeping this Ferrari around. But can you drive it given the environment that you're in? That's what I mean by the metaphor. And Marner's the next one. They got this Rolls Royce over here, Mitch Marner. Can you continue to keep it around based on the environment you live in? I don't know. And all they've done is fail. They've done nothing but fail. They fell flat on their face every single year. A lot of times, Brooksy, you brought it up against teams. They should have swept. They should have swept the Montreal Canadiens. I don't care how good Carey Price is, was. They should have swept the Blue Jackets. They should have beat Tampa in four or five. And a tired Tampa Bay team pushed them to six because their goaltender was awful, continues to be awful. I don't know, man. I, I Clarky, I'm really not. You got your nice new jersey on. You obviously had a good Christmas. I, I want you to enjoy wearing that jersey. I just look at this, man, and I'm like, God, I, I just don't know if if this was the right move because I still don't like their back end. Brooksy, let's talk about their back end, though, in, in some positive terms here. Like, Simone Benoit has shown up and played really, really well. Even Lagason when he was in, Giordano comes back. Like, there is some positive stories to be found here. But again, it's not big, significant pieces because they can't afford to bring big, significant pieces in. But those guys have filled in admirably, yes? Oh, 100%. 100%. They've, they've been very good. And I mean, I'm going to get my years mixed up. Last year, the year prior to that, they had some injuries on the back end. I think Riley was out for quite a last few year. games and yeah. last year. And they had names come up and, and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Play simple, solid, move the puck. They don't try to be somebody they're not. Uh, that's Simon Benoit. Like, has been a great find, 100%. Uh, Lagason was a good find. Like, they're, they're good depth pieces that give them depth moving forward. They don't have to necessarily add those depth pieces come playoff time. They, they're going to need to add better. But... They serve a role. They do their job. They don't try to do something they're not meant to do, and, and they've been real effective for them. Before we let you go, I'd love to get your take on what's happened with Ilya Samsonov. Of course, they waived him. He clears waivers. He's sent down to the Marlies. He seems to not be even with the team for a week. He practices one day with the Marlies and then is recalled to the Leafs. What do you think is happening here? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Like, um, it's a weird one. Yeah, as a hockey guy, you know, like I I feel for him in the sense mm -hmm. you, the wheels have fallen off. He's hit rock bottom. You can't trade a guy like this, right? You put him on waivers and you're expecting him to go to the minors to play because you know nobody's going to touch this. Like he's a bomb ready to go off. Mm -hmm. Um the, the 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 downer for the Leafs, honestly, though they don't have the depth in the net. Um, they're biding time right now for uh, Joseph Wool to get back. They'll ride Wool and they'll ride uh, Martin Jones. 
right? They'll 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 ride those two guys. Um, they'll try to build Samson up back up slowly. I'm going to guess and see if they can get any little bit for him, if they can, right? Because he's on a one year deal, correct? If I'm yeah, not yeah, it expires. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's Toronto. It's money out the door. Like it is what it is. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah it, it is too bad because. I mean, I know you and I, Ryan, were texting, and <laughs> the wheels have fallen off his bus heart. Like, he, he is at rock bottom. Yeah, well, what's interesting, and again, here here I come with the negativity. Yeah, I don't want to hear it again. Listen, no, well, look, this guy, this guy burned me as a Caps fan, like a 15th overall pick, had all the talent in the world. I'd, I'd argue that the wheels were never on. The wheels were never on. Like he had a pretty okay year last year. He, he I, I'd even give you that he had a great year statistically. Okay. When you, when you look at it, it was pretty good. You know who else had pretty good years and fizzled out and never regained it? Almost every goalie we've ever seen come through the league, other than a couple really elite guys. Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar, had a good year. Jose Theodore had a good year. But Ryan, with the case like, of Samson, with the case of Samson, I'll go, you go back to the summer for arbitration, and because of that pretty good year, he thought he was valued at X, and the Leafs said no, million. right? And the yeah. Leafs said no chance. We're going to come in at whatever they came in at. Arbitrator decides on what was a four and a half, three um, and a half, yeah, three and a half, like yeah, which might be again way too much. But but you know, for all the moves that have been made. Uh, by Treliving and before him, Dubas, that might have been the greatest move Brad Treliving yep. has made this year by not signing him long term, by sitting on him saying, prove it to me that you can be consistent, which he hasn't. Um, yeah. Hopefully they can find that, you know, solution in Joseph Wall if he's the guy or somebody else down the line, but they need somebody short term, right? That's going to do the job. And is Martin Jones the guy? Well, yeah. uh, they're certainly happy they have him. <laughs> He's been playing sure. amazing. It, 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 that's there's he a has. positive story too. He's been yep. incredible. Keep he, he mm -hmm. went to a cup final like he couple yeah. years in San Jose like he was oh yeah legit He's, boy. He's goal, playing yeah. really well. It's an incredible story. Yeah, I feel for Samsonov too. I wish it had worked out. I wish he was still Washington Capital, winning 35 games a year. That's what so I thought. I we. once called him the best goalie outside <laughs> of the NHL, and I meant yeah. it. And it yeah. has not worked out. I, I I firmly believe he'll be in Russia within two years, and it's sad. But anyway, Brooksy, it's great to have you on. Uh, when you're at the Guelph Storm game next time, just come into the booth, man. Like you don't have to avoid me like to play. You can come in the booth. You're you're allowed up there. You're a VIP, okay? Well, once upon a time I was allowed up there. Now I'm not sure they know who I am anymore, which is maybe a good thing. So uh, that's not. I'll true. definitely come up to say hi to you. I apologize for not doing that. Um, it was nice to be back in the building. It was nice to watch them play. And uh, you know, hopefully George and, and Chad and the rest of the team have a great second half. I think so too, man. Well, yeah, definitely come visit next time you're around. Thanks for doing this, Brooksy. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, we'll be right back. Clarky and I will continue our chat about the Leafs. And, of course, lots of other news in the Toronto sports world. We'll be touching on that next here on Instigating. <laughs> Welcome back to Instigating with Clarky and Drury. Ryan Drury still with you here. We'll get Clarky back on to wrap up chat about what's going on in the Toronto sports scene. But we're also going to touch on that right now. We're very pleased to be 
welcoming on someone that I interviewed on an old show of mine in Clarkies, and I'm very pleased to have her on the show this week to open up 2024. And who better to talk to about the wave of success that the PWHL has enjoyed in its opening weeks here, Sportsnet's very own Christina Rutherford. Christina, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well, and like I said, I'm very excited to have you on because the PWHL is doing very well. It's incredible. We finally got a, a true connected pro women's hockey league. There's not a bunch of the drama that was involved with some of the old setups that were involved. We've got a truly cohesive unit here, and boy, have they ever hit the ground running or or more aptly, the ice skating. It has been an incredible first couple weeks here of the PWHL. You were at the Toronto home opener. Tell us what that atmosphere was like because it looked incredible at the Madame Ice Center. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. I mean, it was not only Toronto's home opener, it was the league's home opener, inaugural opener, I should say, first ever game. Um, it was great. I mean, I walked into the rink, I was right behind Jaina Hefford, she was signing autographs for, you know, the same guys you'd see outside Leaf games. Um, the crowd was amazing, like lined up down the block. I would say the, the big issue was there was really only one entry door and people were kind of waiting to get in for a while. So, but as soon as they started funneling in, you know, that place seats about 2,700 and everybody was amped, lots of kids with signs. Um, and they did a wonderful job sort of introducing the team, the lights were going, the cameras were going. Uh, even from a media standpoint, you know, I've covered a lot of women's hockey over the years. I've never really sat down and had like both teams line up sitting in front of me or my name on a chair or coffee or food. It just felt so professional on every level that I don't think that personally I've never seen in the women's game. And then, as you said, yeah, to have the best in the world all together in one league and little kids in the crowd and knowing that you can play professional women's hockey and make a living out of it. And just to see that for the first time. Yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. And the game itself was great as well. Obviously Toronto fans on that opening night wish it went a little differently, but uh, they've got a lot of talent and the six teams are loaded with the very best players from around the world. And that's a, a unique aspect here too. It's not just about some of the players that we're obviously familiar with, with team Canada, of course, Sarah nurse, the centerpiece very much. So of the Toronto franchise, which must be very cool for her being from the area and everything, but there are players from, all over the world that are on these teams and that's huge we we talk about the impact here in canada and the united states it's going to be very impactful as well though in finland and sweden and russia and the and chechia like this truly is a, a very global league yeah absolutely i think there's either 12 or 13 different countries represented here which is amazing and what I love, too, is you can graduate from college, step right into this league. So you think of how many women were at the top of their game, graduating college, really didn't have somewhere to play where they could make a decent living. Um, I mean, the PHF did exist and was paying players really well, but it was just sort of limited. And now it just seems so much more wide open that way where you're getting these women that step out of college and, you know, top scorers on their teams and stepping right into the PWHL, um, like number one draft pick Taylor Heisey, 
last night she scored two goals and you look at the first one and you're like, oh, that's the nicest goal of the season. And then a period later, you're like, no, that's the nicest goal of the season. So you're seeing so much of that. And it's just the potential of all these players, I think, can finally be reached coming out of college. And then you've got a player from France in the league and you wonder what that's doing for hockey in that country and for players in Japan, for players all over, really to see that there's this best on best league finally in North America. So it's absolutely huge. Christina, you know, you mentioned obviously Taylor Heisey and she's somebody who's really going to be a centerpiece and is in a unique position in a way with the league literally being brand new and her being the first ever first overall pick. She is definitely going to carry a lot of the weight of the reputation of this league on her shoulders. I mean, I, I would equate her in a sense, if you will, to, you know, the Gila Fleurs of the world back when the draft first became a thing in the NHL. She is of that ilk in terms of carrying that type of reputation. And you mentioned the goals she scored in Minnesota's game against Toronto the other night, that second goal she scored. The first one was really nice. The second one was disgusting. Like that's going to oh. be on every single sports center year end highlight reel at the end of 2024. I mean, that goal was absolutely nasty. She's an interesting character in the, in the lifeblood of this league. Is she not? No, absolutely. Yeah. That second goal, like stick handling inside of a phone booth. It was just unfair. Like it really was. Um, but she is, I mean, you look at that draft, you've never seen anything like that in sports. It was, you had 36 year olds being drafted. You had kids right out of college from all over the world. It was just, I mean, they had an initial period where each team could, could select three top players. So you had the biggest, most of the biggest stars signed to teams already. But then you just threw all of the best women in the world in this big pot and kind of shook it up. And it was always going to be Taylor Heisey, number one. And the fact that she's from Minnesota, went to the University of Minnesota, just won the Patty Kazmaier, and then Minnesota wins the first over, the right for the first overall pick. It was like a no-brainer that she's going there. Um, and she's such a good advocate for this league and she's so well-spoken and she has such a good just knowledge base of what players before her have been through to get to this point. I think in large part because she's played with the Hillary Knights and the Kendall Coyne Schofields who have done so much of the advocacy for this league um, and fought for this league for so long. So she understands how fortunate she is to step out of college into this league um, and she also understands that it's part of her role to help grow this league, which she's doing on the ice tremendously, um, just to show other girls where they can play in the future. You know, you bring up Kendall Coyne Schofield, who, of course, uh, opened a lot of people's eyes to how serious the skill level in this game is at the All-Star game a couple of years ago, where she blew away a lot of NHL players in terms of the speed she had. And of course, Hillary Knight, who is a legend, Sarah Nurse, you know, you talk about newer school players like Ellis Shelton and Lauren Gable. Um, it, it's really interesting to have that veteran guard of players that we've known about for a long time, like Knight and Schofield and Nurse, involved in this league because they're kind of the crossover generation where they were the ones on the backs of Wickenheiser and Cassie Campbell-Pascal mm -hmm. and all, all of those players before them 
fighting to make this a reality. And now they're part of a veteran core of players that are going to see this league develop, which is such an interesting thing for them. And it must be incredibly overwhelming and really gratifying for that group of players. Yeah, absolutely. I That hit home for me. I was talking to Sarah Nurse um, at Toronto's practice facility and they were, they'd, They'd just done an on-ice practice, like a couple hours. They were working out. They'd had lunch there. And she pointed to this kind of small cage that was at ice level, not on the ice. And she said that used to be where their Canadian Women's Hockey League, like, entire office was, but just, like, kind of shoved in this little area, like a storage space. Um, And now Toronto has, like, there's signs showing you where Toronto's head office is. And there's, like, 10 people in there. They're all making money. There was a dog wandering around. There's three cameras focused on their practice, taping their practice. Um, They don't have to rush off the ice because somebody else is coming on. They get their meals. They get their travel. They don't have to carry their bags into the arena. Sarah Nurse does not have to take her bag on the elevator and air it out in her little apartment in King West, you know? It's just all those little things that I think, as you said, that sort of crossover generation is appreciating so much, and probably more than a Taylor Heisey that steps out of college and is very used to that kind of, because college sort of was the pro echelon before this. Not to take away from the PHF, but the PHF was definitely getting there in terms of home dressing rooms and all that. But when it started, you know, women were getting dressed in tiny little dressing rooms, did not have their own stalls, those types of things. So yeah, it's just, it's just night and day. And the fact that it came together in such a short amount of time is pretty incredible too. I want to ask you as well, another really key moment right at the start of opening night was obviously watching Jaina Hefford walk out with women's trailblazer and legend Billie Jean King. I mean, I and Jaina and Jaina Hefford, who's I've had the pleasure of meeting her before, is maybe as composed a person as you'll ever meet. She was visibly emotional. It, like it was a really, really incredible moment. And you were there to see that, like describe that for me, because the, the energy around that, it, it it's something that, you know, people that were there and people that watched will probably never forget no absolutely yeah anytime billy jean king is in a room it's just like holy smokes i can't believe i'm here too um and for jana i mean i remember interviewing her when she was playing in the cwhl and asking her you know one of the fastest most gifted players we'd ever seen like what do we need to do to get more eyeballs on this game and and she didn't know it was sort of like we have the product we have the skill it's just we need the platform right and so to see her drop the puck and to help create that platform was really really cool and i i don't want to take away from the cwhl from the phf nwhl all of those leagues were so key in getting to where women's hockey is today i don't think women's hockey would be where it is today without all of those leagues and all those people that work tirelessly tirelessly a lot of them as volunteers um so that's a big thing too but yeah that the opener and seeing Jaina and uh Billie Jean King dropping that puck it was Jaina was emotional you know and I know she had her three kids and her wife in the crowd and she spoke to media a little bit before the game and just said like it's pretty incredible that her daughters will never know a world where there isn't professional women's hockey where women can't be paid and her son is going to grow up 
idolizing people like Taylor Heisey and, you know, Grace Dumwinkle and Sarah Nurse. And he's going to, she mentioned, maybe he'll be in a boardroom one day and he'll make, he'll want to see women in that boardroom. He'll expect to, because he will grow up knowing that, you know, women have just as much of a shot as men do. So yeah, it was a, it was a powerful, powerful moment for sure. I don't think you could sum it up much better than that, really. I mean, that's that's kind of the point here, I think. Um, you know, you mentioned the platform as well that they've been searching for for so long, and they're taking advantage of unique platforms in terms of pro sports because they're streaming games on YouTube. They've got this great partnership with TSN and ESPN and, uh, you know, a lot of great partners that are showing the game, which, I mean, I think – advocates for this for a long time were saying like this has got to be at least the bare minimum that that they're made available to people and they've kind of taken an interesting approach to marketing and engaging with fans that other pro leagues you do not get that kind of grassroots effort from which i think is something ultimately and christina i'm curious your opinion on it i think ultimately it will help them Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I was talking to a bunch of friends about this. We all grew up playing hockey together and it's, we've never had a time like we do now where you can flip on the TV and women's hockey is just on, right? It's always been such like appointment viewing where it's like the Olympics, you're waiting four years or it's world championships. Recently we've had the rivalry series, but it's never just been like, yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, you can watch women's hockey on TV. So that's just incredible that you can flip on your TV and find it. You can go on YouTube. It doesn't matter if you don't have, you know, whatever streaming service that you need, um, though you should probably have Sportsnet, I think. But yeah, just kidding. But yeah, you can get all of those games are available. And the broadcasts, in my opinion, have been so good, like so good. I watched that Minnesota Toronto game last night and it was exceptional and they know both teams there's I don't see any homerism happening although that would be fine too you know um but yeah the availability of this league is what has set it apart from everything else like the PHF had a pretty good thing going where you could watch most of their games on Twitter um but this is just like CBC Sportsnet and TSN all broadcast the first ever game like that's incredible can watch it on YouTube. You got networks in the US, right? Like the options for you to watch this, if you want to watch it, it, you can watch it, right? Um, And that's such a big difference. I think that is going to help this league grow uh, tremendously. Yeah, I completely agree. And and it's important. And I it's been really, really entertaining. And you know, I before we let you go, Christine, I want to ask you this. And you know, my girlfriend played hockey. She played a long time, obviously grew up idolizing the Wickenheisers of the world and Jaina Hefford and all those greats that we grew up with. You played, you got into this business because you love sports, but also because you know, you love women's hockey too. I, I wonder for yourself as somebody who played and is so passionate about this being there on the first night and having this league come to fruition right before your eyes on a personal level like how significant has this been for you to experience yeah it's funny I think because I was working I kind of was able to disconnect but I had friends in the stands and friends texting me about how emotional they were getting about it Um, and I think I just felt like immense pride too 
and especially after the game, I'm I'm a slow writer, so I was one of the last people to, li- to leave the building. And I saw Jaina leaving the building with her whole family. Um, and yeah, she just looked so happy, like exhausted. I, I can't imagine what the buildup to that day was like when they had basically four or five months to plan an entire league. Um, but so happy too, you know? And she doesn't play anymore, but like you gotta know that Jaina and Haley and and Cassie would probably be loving to play in a league like this, right? This is what they have been waiting for. And it's it's so awesome that they worked so hard to make sure that this came to fruition for this current generation and next generations. Absolutely. Well, it's been a lot of fun to see so far. Everybody's loving the success and uh, I just really hope that it continues and continues to build because it's been a fun ride so far. It's been a tough ride to get here, but it's been incredible and the response has been so, so fun to watch and uh, I hope it continues. Christina, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and uh, everybody can follow you on Twitter and Find your work pretty easily over at Sportsnet. Uh, You're one of the best out there. So keep up the great work. And thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Clarkie and I, of course, we got to dole out the Conway Furniture Couch Potato Corner, the first one of the year. We'll do that next as Clarkie. We don't know what he has cooked up, but I will be saying goodbye to the greatest coach I've ever seen, Uncle Bill, Bill Belichick over in New England. That's coming up next here on Instigating. Back to wrap things up here on the first show of Instigating with Clarkie and Drury of 2024. Thanks to our guest Jason Brooks and, of course, Christina Rutherford from Sportsnet. We've covered a lot of bases here. And, uh, Clarkie, before we eventually get to everyone's favorite part of the show, of course, our Conway Furniture Couch Potatoes. Before we do that, speaking of covering bases... The Blue Jays had a little get together recently, you know, during the holiday period. And, uh, you know, it was typical nonsense. I want to read Ross Atkins statement on (laughs) he was questioned about what's missing from this team. And he said, quote, the things I think we're missing aren't people. The things we're missing were our ability to support and help the players. We feel like we've worked to offset that, a.k.a. we rebooted the computers. And we've put ourselves in a much better position. What the hell does that mean, Ross? You that are means I've done people. nothing. I've There's done no nothing. DH. I've tried There's a bunch no of things. Baseman. Nothing's worked. And I got to say something. So that's what I'm going to say. It was a joke. These guys, I tell you, I told you. I, I, they could have won me over if that plane had a had Otani in it, but it didn't. It didn't have him in it. Well, it doesn't you know have what? this team is like, I don't even want to even. It doesn't have Otani in it. It doesn't have right Ballinger now. in it. It doesn't have another pitcher Chapman. in it. It doesn't Where's, have. What's going on in the free agent? Like, there's still a lot of guys out there. And usually by now, guys are finding a home. There's a bunch. Well, keep in mind, baseball is the cheapest owners of all time. So there's a bunch of guys out there that like, 12 of the teams outright won't pay for. So especially if they're represented by Scott Boris, which by the way, Matt Chapman is, 
Um, mm-hmm. He'll probably mm-hmm. end up coming back and he'll be a black hole at the plate and play elite level defense. And that'll be that. And it'll be the exact same Blue Jays team from last year. Minus exactly. A couple of guys and they'll yep. plug and play yep. and it'll be the same thing. A team that is on completely on the shoulders of two young players who are redonkulously inconsistent at either yep. side. No, but that's what he's plate. saying. They've put people in place to make these guys consistent and better. And they're going to hit 330. No, no, not, they're gonna not use- people. We've not put people in place. Remember, yeah, we don't need people. people. Right. We, it was our process. Oh, the process, right. The, the process. process. But the process could not- include uh, people who are already there. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not that. Well, it's not that they point, need more people or need new people. We no, have the people. Not. We just have to put the process in. They have to buy an yes. iMac instead of a instead of a PC. That's right. Yes. At, after eight years, we're sure now that the process nine years where yeah. the process now now we've got it figured out. Now we know what we're doing and why that plane didn't have Shohei on it. We're we're figuring this out. For God's sake, man. Just give the championship to the Dodgers. It's over, eh? It's over. They They have to criminally investigate what they're up to, dude. Like, the sport is so broken. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That they've signed all these guys. The Teoscar Hernandez deal that they signed him to, they've deferred. They deferred, like, 8 million of it through, like, 2036. And Teoscar Hernandez, one-year deal, 23.5 million with the Dodgers, which... Is a good ad. Of course, you know, we know what sure. he is. He's boot he's boomer. Hey, he gets twenty Can't how defend. much? Twenty what? 23.5 million. Is the total value of the deal. Now, that is for the 2024 season. They've deferred, I believe, the numbers eight and a half million of that to be paid out between 2030 and 2036. If this team which- ever sells, the new owners screwed actually they're supposed to have this money in a bank supposed to be in a bank account this what i hear look i understand that jordan romano gets seven million dude uh he's he's gonna be i don't know he only has seven million that's he's gonna be like crying poor the pitcher yeah it I, I look around though, and and look, I'm fine with teams spending money. We get that baseball is about big spenders and paying into the luxury tax. I don't think it should be like baseball's got to look at this. Like I, it's insane enough that they're spending on Shohei and Yoshinobu yeah. Yamamoto. He's coming over. Cool. Yeah. You know what I hate the, about talking baseball? You know what I hate about talking baseball? Years. I hate What's it up? because this show is called instigating. And yeah. it's it's just so easy to agree with each other on everything because it's broken. The J sucks. The management sucks. It's all about computers. I like. Let's move on. Well, I we can yeah. And the reason why is because neither of us can stomp on our integrity as broadcasters and go. Exactly. No, Ross Atkins is this is great. Look what he's done. Look best. at his track record. Yeah. He's a muppet. Great. How I'm, many I'm playoff games has he won? I don't. I. I actually. I. Can't, I have to Zero. tune it out. I can't watch him do press conferences when pitchers and catchers report in a month or two. I can't. I can't see him anymore. He disgusts me as a baseball executive because mm-hmm, he isn't mm-hmm. one. He's a spreadsheet executive, and I'm sick of Mr. XL spreadsheet running. Hey, this but you team. know what? Do you know what? They'll miss the playoffs this year. The Sky Dome looks great, though. The Sky Dome looks great. Thank God the Sky Dome looks great and more yeah. expensive, and the beers are going to be 22 instead exactly. of 18 now. Excellent. Yeah. I'm yeah. so fired up. I will not go. And um, 
I, I'm calling it right now, Clarky. They're missing the playoffs this year. Oh, I am calling I don't think it there's now. any question. This team could be in last place. They're they missing the playoffs. Team. And I think that at best they finish ahead of the Red Sox, and that's it. They're not better than Baltimore. They're no. not better than the Yankees. And uh, they're not better than the Rays, even though the Rays just sold off Tyler Glass now. But they'll find some other guy that they fleeced in some trade who's 22 that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. They'll find him and he'll replace Glass now. Because that because no, you know I, what I the agree. Rays do better than anybody? They scout. And the Jays can't even do that. They have all this Rogers money. Can't scout. No one's coming. No one's coming. They're missing the playoffs. I guarantee it. We'll, we'll see how that process sick. happens. The process. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the process, brother. Exactly. Okay, let's talk a bit. Let's quickly talk about the Raptors. We got to get our buddy Paul Jones on soon to talk about Darko Rayakovic losing his mind the other day. Rightfully and- so. And I agreed 23 to two, the free throws for the Lakers in the fourth quarter of that game that the Raptors lost by a point. I, I'm dead. I swear to God it, here. Here's where the instigating comes. I swear to God, the NBA's rigged and we've seen it before. They're the, the one have. major sports league of the big four over here that have literally had referees investigated and found guilty of point shaving. It's They're so easy it to rig. That's the problem. They are it's so doing easy it again. It's They're so easy doing to it rig. again. That's the problem. That's one reason and it I'm not a huge fan of the sport. I, I'll be honest with you. Because I think fan. it's no. it is rigged. I really do. I think it is too. And and I look, and it happened in the Celtics game the other night too. There is something going on. Adam Silver, you got a rat in the house. And you got to snuff it out. You got to set some traps and figure this out, dude. It's so that hard. Is it's embarrassing. so hard. I agree with you. Um, I, what was the name of the ref who got uh, caught? Long time ago. It was a lot easier. It wasn't all yeah. this like, you know, um, uh, internet like betting and and app betting and everything. You had to actually go and make a bet, and that was yeah. easy to trace. Can't think of the guy. A guy's lot more name. personal, you know. Now Part, it's completely impersonal, know. and you're yeah. just. Re- I I couldn't believe it. Anyway, but but I liked Darko getting fired up there. He was whole, absolutely. Like, we haven't heard about I, a uh, a fine yet, have we? Yeah, he got fined. He did. He did. Okay, whatever. Let, let me cares? let me quickly call it up here because TSN he got fined 25 grand. He got fined 25 grand. I thought he was going to get fined 100 grand, I'll be honest. Like he yeah. was he yeah. put he put the flamethrower out there. Yeah, Tim Dowd, yeah, the Donahue. that was the guy. Yeah, Tim Donahue. Yeah, thanks to at, our producer Adam. Producer who's Adam on, and, on the and ball. contributing. That's why producer Adam's the best. Look, he is. He is what, the best. Did you, did you think we were going to replace him? In He's the best producer no, investigate instigating has ever had. He's the guy. Yes, he is. Right? Uh, no yeah, question. Tim Donahue, there, there's a great documentary about that on Netflix, by the way, you should check out. All right, let's move on to our favorite. Let's let's feel good here, or potentially not. You never know how this segment's going to well, go, right? Time. Let's yep. talk a little bit about our friends at Conway Furniture, that's mm-hmm. uh, Highway 86, east end of Listowel. And yep. remember, when you go in there, maybe you want a new couch, new love seat, new floors. They got everything in there that you want to take care of inside your home. The price you see includes HST and delivery. So let's deliver our very first of 2024 couch potatoes of the week for this year. Clarky, as always, I concede to you. What do we have on tap? It's here? sort of like the shootout where I'm seeing like the home team always goes first. I'll never figure that out. Like I always wanted to shoot second and have that control 
but yeah. home teams always choose to shoot first. Um, I, I'm going to put someone in the couch today who I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to show him on TV because I believe he made a statement this week just uh-huh. for the publicity. That's all. And it was a Philadelphia Flyer reporter talking about the Cutter Goche situation, saying that he blames Man. Kevin Hayes, 100% Kevin Hayes for Cutter Goche wanting to be traded um, and not ever play a game with the Flyers. And I, I feel for this guy because if there's any fans in this league who will never let this go, if you thought the Islander fans were tough on John Tavares, oh. Goche is never going to be able to go into the Flyers' uh, spectrum. It's not called the Spectrum anymore, whatever it's called. Uh, Wells Fargo, yeah. (laughs) That was a long time ago, the Spectrum. They're not even Uh playing in that building anymore. Um, But he's in tough the rest of his career. Now, it was okay for the Flyers when another young player named Eric Lindros decided he wasn't going to play for a team and actually played for the Flyers. Um, But anyway, um, but my couch potato is the guy who um, did that. And I have a clip to play. And this is a rare clip where a guy who lots of times I don't agree with what he says, John Tortorella actually went after the reporter in a scrum. Adam, roll it. Anyway, uh, torts, it was classic torts and good on them. Good on them. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it for the same reason I liked what Darko did for the Raptors. It's a coach standing up and saying, this is wrong. And he say what you want about torts and and believe it or not. uh, And I can confirm this through real sources. He is a player's coach. Like he's hard on his guys. No doubt about that. He's got no problem calling people out. He will he will absolutely be in the trench with you. Yeah. And, I and he said it like that. it is with, with Kevin Hayes. They didn't get along and they moved on. But yeah. Like anyway, and, and that's, the guy didn't and that's to what make happened. that up. It's it's brutal. I'm not gonna mention his name. We're not gonna show his face because I think no, that's what yeah, he wanted. Yeah, we're not doing that. It's that's BS journalism. It's just stupid. And yeah. and yeah. honestly, anyway. it's no different than what we saw in the rumor mill with Connor Bedard earlier. Uh, this season it's the same type of crap it really is it's tmz level bs and i hated it i i really don't appreciate it and you know we'll we'll see how things work out with cutter gocha hey jamie drysdale looked pretty darn good in a flyers uniform in his first night absolutely got an assist played really really well i watched that kid in the ohl he's a hell of a player yeah and cutter gocha will be too cutter gocha you know i and and can i I just mention too just speaking of cutter gocha yeah Can, can the americans ever win with some grace like honestly, like I, I, 
I know they're a bunch of kids, but at the end of the day, the world juniors like just so smug when they're winning. It's like just drives me crazy. Anyway, Canada has to have an inquiry because we lost. We didn't get a medal. So we'll see how things go. That's not true. It just didn't go well. Like exactly. It wasn't best on best. Everybody forgets. Can I actually say something? It's not best on best. I I Connor Bernard wasn't there. A bunch of our guys that were age eligible eligible, yes, could not. It's not best on best. So whatever. Go ahead, you guys, congrats. I, I want to say something quickly about that, kind of in the same vein of the of the journalism thing. I I really, really need to, uh, and I did it on the first OHL broadcast I was back on in the new year here, and, and I'll do it here. I I really don't, I don't know who it is I'm addressing out there, but this is directed toward some of you that are seeing this. People need to calm down with, with the World Juniors, okay? Like we forgot, like we it's won the way the of the world straight. now, man. Social no, media no, has listen, ruined everything. What happened to Oliver Bonk, and just like what happened to Marc Andre Fleury, and just like what happened to Max Comtois, what happened to Oliver Bonk after that goal went in off his foot, and then off another piece of equipment, and then yeah. off a post. Very unfortunate. What happened to that kid after that game is it makes me sick. And I'm sick of this. Our country, you want to talk about the Americans can't win with grace. We can't lose with grace. Not our, not, not, fa- not some fans, fans in this country. But it's just worthy treatment uh, where the kid had to delete it or set his Instagram to private. Couldn't, couldn't keep it open anymore. It's just people. Absolutely I'm telling you, it's social media, man. I know, I'm going to sound like an old guy, but it's no, disgusting. I know. It is. It's social media. And it's the ability to hide behind a keyboard. It Absolutely. happened to me recently. It happened to me when that viral goal call went off that you showed on the show. Mm-hmm. I uh, 98% of the messages I got were incredible. There were some pretty n- nasty ones that I won't repeat here. What happened to that kid, far worse than whatever happened to me, is inexcusable. And there are some people out there that need some help. Dude, we like, just talked about it with Connor it, Bedard. It's unreal what happened, there what happened to like that we, kid. And I know. And I agree. I, it's nuts. The I'm just ti- nuts I'm right tired now. of it. Nuts. Permanent what? couch that's... potatoes. Yeah. Permanent I, couch potatoes. Absolutely. But it's potato. never going to change because we're talking about it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Your turn, sir. Yeah. All right. So in a more, I, I, I don't know to call this positive, but in a reflective sense, it is. Um, obviously, we're recording this on Thursday, January 11th, and it was made official today that Uncle Bill, Coach Belichick, is no longer the head coach or general manager of the New England Patriots. And uh, I'm sad, man. It, it's the the other big pillar. Brady's gone, and now Uncle Bill's gone. And uh, he, he made a very... You know, he had a very gracious press conference. There he is. Look at all those rings. Count them. Not I told one, you it'd be mutual. I, I told you it'd be Six. mutual. How could it not be mutual? Look what well, he's we had done. this discussion a month ago and you said, no, he's going to get fired. I'm like, no, he's not. Anyway. And and conversely, look at what the Patriots did for him. They gave him the opportunity. He acknowledged that Mr. Kraft stood right next to him. Incredibly yep. emotional for myself and the rest of Patriots nation. No one will ever do it better. We will never, ever see a coach dominate the NFL like he did. Since the Patriots hired Bill Belichick in 2000, the other 31 NFL teams have used 162 head coaches in 224 separate coaching stints. 
And Bill Belichick, here, here are the numbers for you. 24 seasons, nine Super Bowl appearances, six titles, count them, 266-120 regular season record, a 30-12 and postseason record, averaged a Super Bowl appearance every four seasons. We will never see another. He only trails the great Donnie Shula in total wins. He says he's going to keep coaching. He's yep. going to be coaching somewhere Where else next year. Where do you think? Where do you think? I think it well if it's the, gotta be if you believe if you believe right. the rumors that Harbaugh is heading to San Diego, I have a funny feeling that Washington, who has some great defensive players, we know Uncle Bill loves the defense. I have a funny feeling he'll land in Washington. You gotta think it's a team who's on the verge of winning. And you would both think teams so. don't usually have a vacancy, but I don't think, think so. he wants to coach a crappy team. But then again, when he joined the Patriots, it's not like they were on the verge yeah, of winning anything. I understand. It's a lot different now. The guy's a lot older now. Well, like, num- hey, he got let go. Number one defense in the NFL. Yeah. Like, get this yeah. guy a quarterback and let's figure mm-hmm. it out. But ultimately, th- thank you, coach. I mean, yeah. the, the greatest sports dynasty I will ever witness in my entire life. And I I feel lucky I got to be a fan of that. Unbelievable. When they, when they won the first three, I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. You know, I was, what, 13 or 14 when they won the third one? And went, holy cow, that's pretty cool. And then in the middle, you know, of my life in my 20s, they win three more. I, mm-hmm, I can't. Pretty impressive. Who could, even, who could even imagine having that level of success? Not Man, me. the duck boats were busy in Boston. Man, were they ever busy. And uh, Uncle Bill riding off into the sunset. Are you going to get emotional here now again, or are you good? No, no. no. Okay, okay. I, because I, it would I make just, the show like a little bit better. We, we would have a nice little social. If I play. was crying right now, yeah, no, yeah, it would be way better show. No, because I at uh, least a good clip. No, I, I'm just very, <laughs> I'm very appreciative that he. Okay. You know, hey, there you go. No one will, yep. no one will ever be better. You can sit greatest. on the couch for a while, or you can get back up and get right back at him. Hundred percent. I heard him say um, he's not done. He's not done. He'll be coaching Bill somewhere, but Uncle Bill, you yeah. know that forever there will be a comfy love seat just for you in Nantucket. I so. loved his. I, I loved his um, his press conference the day, or maybe it was the after the game, when people kept asking him uh, about his future, and he just kept going. It was a good game. Uh, defense played well. Like um, <laughs> totally ignoring yeah. the questions. Happened three or four times. Yeah. Well, he j- that's. That's, that's Bill. Bill dude. Oh, I know. Oh, I said, know that's Bill. But you know, yeah, I want to concentrate on this team. That's and, good. Uh, yeah, you know we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. He's not a hard guy to impersonate because yeah, all you yeah. have to do is completely drop your throat out. Yeah, and just <laughs> speak monotone. Uh, uh-huh, Bill uh-huh. Belichick's the easiest guy to impersonate ever. I bet he would be a fun guy to hang out with, though. See, that's just it, though. If you watch those like NFL one that one hundred yeah. show they did of the hundred greatest players, I think Rich Eisen hosted it with Collinsworth. He was on it with Brady, and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. He, like he's so oh, yeah. outside of coaching. That's what I mean. He's like a very vibrant guy. Like it, yeah. if he wants, whenever he is done coaching, which he might be eighty by the time that happens, like yeah. he could easily walk into a booth mm-hmm. or, or onto an NFL panel. Because there, you can't just go. That might happen now. Anyway, we'll see. We're on to Cincinnati. We're we're gonna we're gonna concentrate on this team, and I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna discuss my future with Mr. Kraft, and 
We're on to Cincinnati. It's it's Uncle Bell. On to Cincinnati is my favorite quote of all time. Adam, you get that ready. We're going to use that as a clip. We're on to Cincinnati. Anyway, (laughs) I got to stop because I'll do it for the rest of the show. I'm on a roll now. All right. Listen, we appreciate everybody continuing. I thought you had a clip. This show. I don't have a clip. I am the clip. Adam said he had an audio clip. No, I don't have an audio clip. What was he like? I, was he just like Uncle just, Bill? He, he, I gave you the clip. I just did. I, that was the clip. Oh, I see. Okay. I'm the clip. You did it yourself. Yeah. Okay. I've been waiting it's, for a clip. It's I'm me. like, what's the clip going to be? No, anyway, no. Okay. All right. Good show. We, yes, it was fun to be back. Like I said, oh, yeah, Ryan had a photo. Everybody That's right. Continuing. Adam's, Adam's correcting me. Ryan yes. had a photo, not a, not photo, a clip. Not a clip. See, okay. My memory is not where it used to be. That's okay, Good. dude. Was just really remember short. for you. We'll remember for you. Yeah. Uh, hey, so Larry Hudson's. Can... By the way, Larry Hudson's. If I could just yes. mention, I don't deals know if are Adam hot. Has, I don't know if Adam has the viz ready, but the deals are hot at Larry Hudson's, and uh, twenty three clear out is on now. We have some twenty three SUVs that we are clearing out Gotta at a good price, and they are moving quickly. So if you want to come down, one thousand Wallace Avenue. There it is. 2023 new model clear out. Big dealer discounts. Some of your favorite models. Finance rates from 1.99 on some uh, 2023 models. So come on down to Larry Hudson where the deals are hot. That's right. They are hot. Hudson's do you hot. want me to do it? Do you want me to do a Belichick one? Oh, yeah. Do a Belichick. Coach, Coach yeah, Coach Belichick, what do you think about the deals at, at Larry Hudson's? Well, I've heard they're hot and we're gonna we're just gonna focus on the deals here and uh you know larry hudson's they're uh they're hot so we're on to cincinnati anyway <laughs> that's that's coach belichick on the Perfect. deals at larry why are they always off to cincinnati i have to because he said that the one year when they lost really bad that game and <laughs> okay. then they went to cincinnati and pumped okay. them and then they won the super bowl okay, okay? that's what it is you gotta let off me to stop cincinnati. the show because i'll keep doing okay, it. one final question okay are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl? No. Okay. That's it. I don't want any more. That's all I wanted. Will they win this but, weekend? Will they beat the, the Pirates? Steelers. It, they'll beat they could beat the Pirates too. Yeah. Uh yeah, they'll beat they'll beat the Steelers and they'll go no further. That's my prediction. Okay. okay. Good. Thank we you. We appreciate our Who wins then? Who friends. Wins? I get the I, Super Bowl? Yeah. They're I actually think get the, the playoffs. Ra- I think I think the Ravens are going to do it. Mm, I really do. Interesting. Yeah. I think the Ravens are going to do it against the Niners again, again. Mm. We appreciate our friends over at Conway Furniture. Remember, that's Highway 86 East End of Listowel, and the price is there. They include HST and delivery. We appreciate our friends at Larry Hudson, Chevrolet Buick, GMC. The deals are hot. And, of course, our friends over at Listowel Squash Court. Go become a member. Winter's the best time to play. Go in there, 24-7 facility. You got access. You can play squash whenever you want. Nice and warm in there. Good night. We appreciate everybody for... Yeah, I haven't yeah, played. You gotta get I over. Played. You'd beat me right now, probably. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know about that. Well, no. We appreciate okay. everybody continue to watch and support the show. Remember, you can watch the show Friday nights at eight, Sunday nights at nine with our friends on Whiteman TV. That's channel six for Whiteman subscribers. And remember, you can find the podcast version on all the best podcast apps. We debut on our YouTube channel at nine p.m. on Friday nights. Follow us on social media at Instigating Pod. I'm Ryan Drury. That's Clarky. Thanks to our guests Jason Brooks and Christina Rutherford. We will be back next week. More Instigating in 2024. We'll see you then.